everybody. It's Jeremy and Rob. It's Wednesday lunchtime. We're meeting on a Wednesday rather than a Tuesday because Tuesday just, just didn't work for one reason or another. Um, and um, we're just chatting. We've already started chatting and talking about the trials and tribulations that we, um, we struggle with. There's no denying that and um, sharing with us about how we're dealing with that. And we just want to involve you in our conversation. I want, we want you to hear what, what we're going through and we want you to hear how we see, um, how we see the solution and what the solution is mm. to all the struggles that life has to throw at us, especially yeah. at this time. Um, and Rob, before I invite you to share, <laughs> I was explaining to you about Romans 12, yeah. verse 2. And that verse starts with an instruction yeah. for us not to conform to this world. To the pattern of this world. To the pattern of this world. And to look to renew our minds. And it's interesting, it starts with, we yeah. must not conform yeah. to this world. Yeah. And, and at this moment in time, that's such a huge challenge. Mm. Because I was sharing with you, wasn't I, that um, the problem with obeying what God is saying to us is that we then stick out like a sore thumb and most people steer clear of, yeah. of us yeah. because our desire is not to compromise. Yeah. I'm not saying that we don't compromise. Yeah, 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 of course. But our desire is not to compromise yeah. and, and because of that people find us weird. And, and therefore, and, 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 and I might add, many Christians find us <laughs> weird as well, don't they? Enough, I'll say enough now. I'll leave. <laughs> you, you come in with your four pennies. Well, the 12, the 12 to Romans 12, too, as you were saying that, I was thinking, what does that mean for me? And what does that mean for people? Especially the first part. Let's look at the first part, Jeremy, shall we? Of that do not be conformed to this world is literally what it says, but apparently originally it meant to the, to the patterns of this world, don't be molded mm. into the shape of how this world does things. Yeah. Now, that's the first part of that verse, and as you said earlier on, it then goes on to say, but instead of that, instead of living how everyone else lives, instead of thinking and responding how everyone else thinks and responds in the world. People who aren't Christians, or well, people who are Christians, doesn't matter, how the world responds to problems. In, in, in other words, anything that's not in the Bible, that's what it's saying, everything that's not in the, word, in the Word, if we're not responding to a circumstance like that, we're responding to how the world responds, and yeah. we're being shaped and moulded yeah. uh, by the world. Now, is that... Is that easy? And what, and what does that look like? I often think to myself, am, am I conforming to the pattern of this world? In my thinking, because that, that whole verse is about thinking, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Our thought processes, our strongholds, we can use that term, can't we? Yeah. Um, get that bacon sandwich open, John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> uh, but I often, yeah, so I often say to myself, what? What does it mean for me that I to not be conformed and moulded and shaped into the pattern of this world? Because the starting point is not our actions. No. The starting point is our mind. And then our actions will generally follow. You know, we can override our mind and do we know that because sometimes we don't want to do something, but we do it anyway. So we can override but generally speaking, and that's why Paul he doesn't say, you know, renew your body. He doesn't say renew your emotions. He actually says renew your mind, and the mind is the pinnacle, if you like. And remember as well, I was thinking this last night, 
But the spirit, reminded again, the spirit is made perfect. The body and the soul are not. <laughs> They're like a dog. You know, they are unwilling. They are unruly. They are at war. I mean, isn't that, isn't that humbling, Jeremy? Isn't, it? isn't that sobering? That our mind is at war. Now, let me, let me just share this while you eat your bacon sandwich. Who is I'm quiet. Exactly. That's what I thought. I'll get, I'll get it in there quickly. Um, you know, I probably speak on behalf of lots of people at the moment to say that I've been in a fight. I, I, even the last, oh, I, don't know, I don't want to go into the detail necessarily, but I've been in a fight. You've been in a fight. Lots of us have been in struggles, you know, for lots of reasons, not just, not just the COVID stuff. I think that's potentially the straw that broke the camel's back for many. So what's been my struggle, and I'm happy to share it, well, it, it, in, in essence, it's, it's doubt. It's doubt, it's fear, it's worry, it's anxiety, you know. And of course, these circumstances really bring that to the fore. There's nowhere to hide. When you're in a trial, there's nowhere to hide. Well, I suppose there are two places you go. When, you, when you're in a fight in a boxing ring, you either fight your way out, or you get, or you cover, as you say, you cover your head and just take the punches. Well, I don't know about you, I ain't taking no more punches. I'm done with, <laughs> I'm done with the punches. So we fight our way back. And so for me, and again, this is very pertinent. This is very current. I mean, this is literally the last few days where I've just been consumed through stuff going on in my own body and the fears and worries that come from that. It, it, it got to the stage where the thoughts were consuming about what would happen. And then I get really cross and angry because then I've got to fight the thoughts as well as do my life. I've got a young family, I've got a job, you know. And then, so then I've got to deal with anger. Because <laughs> like you said earlier on, so angry. I've got so, I mean, not necessarily at people, but just, I don't even know what at Jeremy. And I think a lot of people are dealing with that. I think a lot of blokes are dealing with right. that anger. Angry with the situation, angry, right. angry. With, with not being able to see victory. Yeah, absolutely. But angry with myself as well. Angry that I can't, I've not learned to trust God. Yeah. Angry with my parents for bringing me up in a way that makes me worry. I mean, the list was almost ended. Then I've got to forgive them. It's just like, almost, but you know what? You know how John G. Lake, and I, and I love this, you know, the extremely in inverted commas spiritual guy who a quarter of a million people, they reckon through his hands, God did. And yet, one of the, I think it's one of the 15, he lists 15 things that actually, if you do these things, they're in inverted commas, secrets to divine healing or receiving that, giving it, whichever way you put it. And I think number three on the list was get fed up. Mm. I got fed up. I know we talked about it before, we're getting angry. I wasn't angry in the sense of, I have been angry, but I'm saying that wasn't the point. The point was I was just done. I was just done with trying to figure out how to not do this, how to do this. I was fed up with the doubt. Actually, I was more than fed up. I was angry. I was exhausted by the doubt and trying to manage that and then not manage it. Trying to, I was trying to not try. <laughs> I was trying to trust. We're not meant to try to trust. We're meant to trust. There's no trying in <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> So I end up making, I've, <laughs> I've ended up making what was, and, we, and, and I know I'm not alone in this. <laughs> that I've tried to, I have made what's actually the most beautiful and simple process on the planet trusting God into a hugely complicated matter. <laughs> Thank God we can laugh about it. But I have, I have. And <laughs> but, but I think it <laughs> I think it was about Saturday when I just come to that conclusion. I, I I literally cannot function if I remain like this. <laughs> So I, <laughs> what did you do? I'm dying to find out. Well, like, like I'm saying, this stuff is simple, Jeremy. And, and Sue asked me today, she said, so, so you know, what's, the, what's been like a turning point in the last three days? I said, I just, I've stopped doubting. How? I've just stopped doubting. It, it can't, it, like we said before, this if this stuff is complicated, we're doomed. Mm. It is as simple as, as we said probably tens of times in these podcasts, it is decision. Now the decision for me, 
has come through, and I'm sure there'll be other struggles, but it's come through extreme circumstances, in my mind, extreme circumstances. So I, I got fed up, as John G. Lake said. Now, that, it's easy getting married. The challenge is staying married. You know, it's easy making a decision <laughs> to quit. That's the easy bit. The difficult, the challenge is to remain, and again it ties into what we've been saying in other weeks, to remain dead. Because that's in essence what we're saying. We're saying we are dead to what we hear in our minds about the circumstances. Circumstances are shouting at us, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's not going to be this, it's going to be another, and so it goes on and on. But we have to remain dead to that and go, I don't care what you say. You, you can, and actually, how about this, Jeremy? This is beautiful. In Psalm 18, I think it is, which I quoted to you the other day, it says in there, David says of God that he laughed. God laughs at his enemies. Spoke to my friend in America, healed of MS. He says when he gets those thoughts back in his head, and he, he's in a, he was in a worse situation than you and I. He's, and he, so he would have had them. He'd have had them hammered at his head. And yet he said, now when they come at me, I laugh. I laugh at them. And I think that's a, and that's not, you're not kind of making yourself laugh. You are, you now know that you've, you've conquered it. Interesting you should say that. Because what you're saying is that your American friend was totally healed of MS. But it didn't mean that the symptoms didn't try coming back. And that's so interesting. It is interesting. And we have a choice to embrace those symptoms for ourselves yep. or to reject them. Yep. And it's in your head. And it's in your I head. I know it's in your body. Wow. But a starting point's your wow, head. Wow, it's your head. Because, because your head affects your body. Wow. Your, your head affects your emotions. And if your emotions, your body, your feelings and your head are all in alignment negatively, <clears throat> that's, that's about three against one. You know, that's, that's, that's all it is. In the nets. Yeah, you're in big doo-doos. <laughs> Whereas we are people who believe in the spirit and we and we believe in the word, and so that and our spirit and the word are one. So we need to align our mind, our body, and at all costs with the word. At all costs, Jeremy, and be absolutely as vigilant as is humanly possible to not. And and do you know what happens? And he said this to me, my mate Jeremiah. After a while, now in the moment you don't think this, but after a while, I guarantee you those thoughts subside. The symptoms subside, the thoughts subside. Yeah. They have nowhere else to go. Yeah. But we fuel them. Mm. And I think we fueled yeah. I think we fueled COVID. Oh without a doubt. By saying, I've got COVID. Oh no, I've got the COVID symptoms. Don't say you've got the COVID symptoms. <laughs> we we eat the fruit of our lips. <laughs> don't say it. Even if you think it, just don't say it. Don't say this stuff doesn't work. Don't say I'm I'm not healed. The Bible says you are healed. Mm. I have not, out of all the challenges I've faced in my body over the last five years, well, you know me well enough, Jeremy, to know that those words will never, in spite of extreme challenges, I will never say I am not healed. Never, ever, ever. You, it strike me dead, you know, before I say those words, because that just opens up a whole new world. And I think the minute I say that, I really believe the enemy will be onto that. Yeah. Well, you, if you're actually saying it, whether you like it or not, whether we like it or not, you're believing you're, what you're saying. It may only be, for example, one percent, but it's but it's an opening. It's an opening yeah. that can become greater because you've you've opened up the door. It's yeah. it's it's going back to Psalm ninety-one, and you know, no plague will come near your dwelling place. God is so clear. Yeah. It makes it, you know, there's no, there can be no argument other than if you decide that you want, you don't want to believe what God says, and you come up with all sorts of excuses. But on the basis that God's word is truth, which we both know is is, is fact. That's that. What God is saying there is true. So, if sickness comes near your dwelling place there is only one reason why it's come near your dwelling place it's because you be you don't believe 
then it, it won't come near Johnny yeah. Blessed. There's yeah. no other reason. Yeah, otherwise God's a liar. Otherwise God's a liar. You can't even blame somebody else. No. You cannot. No. Because, no. because sickness, if it knows that Jeremy Newbegin knows that it can't come in, but there's someone in, in my dwelling that isn't convinced of that, it still won't come in. Absolutely. Because it knows... And it knows that, that as soon as as soon as it rears its head, I'll I'll open the door and kick it out. Yeah. Yeah. So the reality is, for you and I, because I've been struggling with some sickness, um, and I, I don't know what it is. Um, I've been told by somebody what they think it is, and um, and I don't know, <clears throat> but. The reality is that if any form of sickness has come upon me, it is because I have not, even now, I have not believed what God's <laughs> word has been saying to me. Even now, when I've had the privilege to see the blind eyes see, the mute speak, the lame walk, how on earth could I fall into that trap? And there is exactly what you've started out this podcast with the reality is that it will knock on our door and if we give it any place whatsoever it will set up its home (laughs) and make a fire put its feet up get the pipe out and say i'm home thanks thanks for inviting me thanks for inviting me in and there is no other excuse we have to take responsibility. And that's why we're constantly being reminded that we need to renew our minds. And, uh, and again, and, and also, you're right, and also that's why, and there's again, my friend in America says this, that's why there's conflict in us. Yes. Because the majority of people are just, yeah, come on, hit me. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why it's so vitally important for us to spend as much time as we possibly can with like-minded people. Because I'm sorry, but if you spend time with Christians who don't believe that God's will is that we're well, mm. that don't believe that by His stripes we're healed, you are going to you're going to be influenced. Yeah. You're going to be influenced by yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, it should be the other way around. Yeah. They should be influenced by us. Yes. Yeah. So you've got to come away. You do. You've got to come away from from those negative yeah. influences. Well, even these even these guys who've been doing it years <coughs> longer than you and I, and living this way longer than you and I, people like the Curry Blakes and the Womacks, yeah. they will say, I've heard them both say, you know, p- friends are like elevators. You know, they take yeah. you up, take you down, and that's they're saying that after fifty years of yeah. doing this, Jeremy. So. This isn't something for the immature. That's, and that's a hard thing to say. Really hard. I've got friends of mine that are scratching their heads and not understanding why I've, I've stood back from them. Me too. I've lost friends, Jeremy. Yeah. I've lost friends. Yeah. Good and they, friends. <laughs> and they, and, and, and I know that they are bitter towards me because of that. And, and it hurts me that they should feel that way. But I am not... This is point you're making and you may well be further down the road than I am I, I don't know but we have to make a decision to say you know you, you've got to come to that place of saying either I believe this stuff or yeah. I don't you yeah. can't there's no halfway house we have the, the, the road that we have to go down is one that's 100% convinced yeah. that is the only path yeah. to yeah. take and if we are still not totally convinced then we have to renew our minds to be totally convinced because whilst we're not totally convinced we are opening up the enemy and we are opening ourselves up to attack aren't we we are and you know going back to romans 12 verse 2 let me just say what new king james version says says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove 
what is that good and acceptable yeah. and perfect will of God? Does that mean do the perfect will of God? No, the pro- 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 proving it's got to be, isn't it? You've got to be a doer of the word. Okay, because I, 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 I still don't fully understand what it means to prove the will. Does it mean to do it? It means to do it. Oh, okay, right. It means to do it. We are proving. We're, oh, I see. So we're evidence. We're aiming, we're aiming to demonstrate right. what is good and acceptable yeah. and the perfect will of God. And the perfect will of God is that we are set free from everything that imprisons us. Whatever it is. Well, well, Jesus paid a high price. Yes. And I, and I hear that. We should, well, we should hear it every day. <laughs> but I remind myself of it. And, and what God has been telling me, he says, the cross is only half the story, Jeremy. Wow. The cross is not the total story. You've got to go on from, from the cross wow, yeah. to the resurrection. Yeah. Because the cross without the resurrection... Is no hope. Amen. Wow. The resurrection is is the fulfilment of what Jesus had to, to go through. But if he'd been if he had died and not risen, we'd be dead in our sins. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Death yeah. would reign over. We'd be us. forgiven. <laughs> be forgiven. But then we'd, <laughs> we'd sin the second later, wouldn't we? <laughs> because that's what he's done, he's changed our nature, hasn't he? So that we're not sinners. We, we haven't got a dead, as I shared the other day, we haven't got dead Christ in us. Yeah. We've got the, the risen Christ Amen. who's alive today. Oh Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and he is victorious yeah, in Amen. every aspect every of our aspect. lives. Every aspect. And that's heaven on earth. Yeah. That is what we have to look forward to. Yeah. Jesus paid the price so that we can have it now. Yes. Now, if we want to delay that through unbelief, through not embracing truth, by not renewing our mind, then fine, then we're going to go through a tough time, yeah. but we have, we have an everlasting life of yeah. being in heaven and everything that is there for us to look forward to. But he, he doesn't want us to just look forward to it. He wants us to have it now. Well, we do have it now. Well, you were saying living it now. Living it now. Yes, it's, it's, we have all the promises. We have the inheritance. Yeah. But we need to take that inheritance for yeah. ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's, the inheritance is there. And it, you know, it's, it's the, the classic, isn't it, of, I don't want to go off into a, a tangent, but, you know, we have this bank account, which is full up with his promises but we could we can totally choose not not to in, take what is there for us to to no, receive absolutely. we can say no i don't believe that you know it's i feel uncomfortable with that no i want to i want to suffer i want i want i want to yeah. go through his suffering to understand the suffering that he went through and he says you don't need to do that i did it for you so that you would have life and life in abundance, and life means everything. It's does good point. When, when, when we are focused on the things of this world, then then we lose. You know, it's, it's, it's what you've been the yeah. message that you've been sharing for the last few weeks. You know, we are to die to what the world has to offer. Everything, as my friend in America yes. says, he says everything, everything, everything. And yet, at the same time, like we're in this mm. this place now, um, you need, you do need a roof over your head, you know. Um, not that Jesus needed it, mind. I'm watching a film. I've been watching a film about on Netflix, which is about a guy who leaves home and um, and goes off to to experience life. Living in the wild. Living in the wild. So he he lives off the berries. What's it called? I forget what it's called now. I think I've seen it. Yeah. And the guy ends up dying in the end. I I haven't seen the end. Hopefully I've spoiled it for you. But I'm I'm glad to hear that because that in in itself explains something. But but what he was saying was, what he was saying was that he, he, he recognised that what the world had to offer 
was was not fulfilling. American. It was it was an American. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about the film. I mean, it doesn't matter. But the point is that all these things, all these trappings, yeah. yes, are are what the world tries to dangle in front of us. Now, in a sense, there's nothing wrong with them. It's when we make them a god, yeah. isn't it? You yeah. know, a little g. Yeah. They become too important. If we need, with everything that we, we have, we need to be able to let them go without a problem whatsoever, you know? And, and that, I mean, you know, so often it's like, I think of leaders, I think of Margaret Thatcher, you know, she so um, struggled with having to give up her premiership. They all have. Why? Because in, in what they have, through being the prime minister or the president, is a power, is all the trappings, and they become important to them. Yeah. They're not able to let them go. It's like me with my, my work mm. as an independent virtual advisor for 30 years. Mm. It became, a, it became yeah. me. It became you, yeah. And, I had, and, and, and Father said to me, I want you to let it go. Yeah, wow. And I did, Yeah. but I didn't like it. It was like a bereavement probably, wasn't it? It was a bereavement. Yeah. I, I was left with nothing. My identity was taken away from me. And I, 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 you know, and I, I had, and my identity should have been in Jesus Christ. That's, and I, and, and, and what God was doing through that was showing me what had become my identity. Can I just add something to what we were saying earlier on about the promises and inheritance? Yes. And that's, uh, and I'm reminding myself of this, um, as we do when we talk about these things anyway, don't we? We're reminding ourselves as well as the listener. And that's that. The bottom line is that the promises, though they are things, healing, health, prosperity, they are things, the bottom line is the inheritance is him. Yes. He is our inheritance. They are benefits. They're benefits. Yes. But the bottom line is, but why do we have access to this inheritance? Because he is in us. Yeah. So he is our inheritance, bottom yeah. line. Yeah. He is eternal life. And he's the one that provides the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. It's but I can sometimes, well, we all can, can't we? We can make the promises into a thing. Yes. When actually, no, two ways about it. The reality is, the only reason we have access to those promises is because He lives in us, and so with Him, as Curry Blake says, comes all those benefits. When He yeah. comes in, we get all the benefits of that He has paid for, yeah. and we we have it now. That's called the first fruits in Scripture, the first fruits of the inheritance, isn't it? And we yeah. have that now, and it explains it in Ephesians. Ephesians 2, that actually it's the spirit of God in us is yeah. the first fruits. Yeah. So it's a person. Yeah. And everything, everything, all that inheritance comes from that and through that, comes through him, by him. Everything that was ever made was made through Jesus. That's what the, that's what the creator is. of heaven and earth is in us. No wonder we're called a temple. Get your head around that. Let me just read this as well, Jeremy, because this, this, I don't know, I can't remember why I said I, was, I thought to read this. It was because we were saying something early on, but it's from Romans 4. We're talking about Abraham. Yeah. And this is verse 19. I'm talking about, and when I read it, I might remind myself of <laughs> what I'm saying. But, uh, I went off on a tangent, didn't I? It's fine. He, he did not weaken, talking about Abraham and talking about the promise, how he stayed in faith to believe for a son in Isaac. That's the background. He did not weaken in faith when he can actually, do you know what? I'm just going to change this version because I don't like this version. I prefer the King James version. So this is verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he, Abraham, considered not his own body, in brackets, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, and neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Gosh, I think about that. I know, it's wonderful, isn't it? That is and, and just on that, and I will, I will carry on reading it, but just on that, I was reading Abraham's, the other day, sort of history, just in Genesis 25, around there. And it was just astonishing. When you read that, and you see, especially with Isaac, because Isaac was the one that the promise, the promise was coming through, remember? And yet he was to offer up that, that as a sacrifice. Mm. And just the way that Abraham, not make Abraham something, 
But actually, what, what's it that Abraham had and that we can then, this is how I think, I think what's it that Abraham had and how did he do that so then I can then do it? How did he do that? How did he, because God said to him, you know, offer up your son as a sacrifice. He went, yeah, all right. <laughs> now, to the average father, that's like, and not, it wasn't just the average, it wasn't just that he was a father and he loved his son. It was His son was the one through whom the promises came. But it says that he considered his son almost as if he was already dead. I think it might say it even here. Just mm. very quick interjection. Mm. You see, Abraham remembered that God promised him his son. So he held on to that, yeah. even though God was suggesting that he was actually going to be sacrificed. It is literally... It is taking God. Just trusting Him. It's trusting Him. Yeah. And, and, and I say just trust. Him. Yeah. But it's it's face value, isn't it? It's it's not it's not totally. pulling it's not pulling it apart, which is doubt. It's not analysing it. Don't analyse it. That's not good. <laughs> we don't analyse faith. You must do some research just to back up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Would God really say this? <laughs> you know. It is the simplest thing in the world. Simply go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yes. And our kids do it, Jeremy, don't they? Maybe not at 37. <laughs> yeah. but, but, they do, but they do, if they're probably four or five, yeah. they go, yeah, Dad, no problem, no problem at all. Yeah. In their heart, that's what they do. They go, yeah, cool. And we have to somehow get back to that, Jeremy, don't we? And you know what? Funny should bring that up, because thinking about my kids, I suspect that as they were that young and able to decide to trust me that when I demonstrated that I couldn't be trusted they started to lose trust in what I said and then when I had something really good to share with them they didn't embrace it right we have the wonderful thing about God is as our father whatever he says he backs up every time he never compromises. He never changes his mind. No. It, you know, and that that establishes in us wow. an, wow. an understanding that he's someone who will never let us down. Wow. And the problem with kids today, they've got fathers that have let them down. They've got families where the families have broken up and the father's gone off and decided to love somebody else and create another family. No wonder children are not able to trust grown-ups. But how about this? Wow. How about this? I don't, I, I'm thinking through scripture. I don't think it's on record that Abraham, I, I can't remember. I'll just say what I'm thinking. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you know, st still, Abraham, I believe Abraham trusted God for Isaac, uh, irrelevant of, if you like, past successes. I think he literally just took God, God is good, end of. I don't think, yeah. I don't think that's so important. Well, because if we start gauging God by has he been good in the past, yes, that. <laughs> That's a bit messy. It well, does the word. It's does doubt. The word. Immediately. It's doubt. Does the, well, he might have been good. Well, he's always good. But I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, our experience might not be in inverted commas good. That's not of course it's not. not. But then we end up always not trusting him. Yes. Because, so, so what well, we, we blame him. I mean, the world exactly. blames him for all the bad things that are going on in this world. So that's how... It's that's, not how that's what crazy thing is, it's not him. No, it's, it's, it's Satan. It's a tragedy. It's so let's, but let's make it, let's help the listener because, so what am I saying? I'm saying we literally read the word, what he has said, and take it at face value. Not even if, which is what Abraham would have done with Isaac, even if everything, and believe me, this, well, it, I, I found it challenging, but we're moving towards this, Jeremy, aren't we? Where everything suggests this is not in, in our world in our head it's suggesting this is not right it's not going to work yeah. out blah 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 yeah. but we still go i don't give a hoot i am gonna you said it end of it's okay yeah. 
that, that is the point that yeah. we need to... And I don't think we've... The enemy will tell us we're far from that point. Oh, yeah. But that's an, that's an accusation. It's yeah. not true at all. Right. I actually think in, in elements of our life, we are doing that already. But we need to... That's true. So, but it's covered up, it's masked mm. sometimes. But actually, in the park last week, I did that in the park. I was like, I don't know what to do here. Your <laughs> problem, you sort it out. And my peace... I don't want to be here. Yeah, I had peace. I'm like, you sort it out. And that's, so that's a kind of a, an element of that. Of that trust, isn't it? Going, yeah. you sort this out, God. I can't, I'm too small to sort this out. You're big, you do it. And I left it. And so that's just a small, that's the same. What's, what's the difference between that and my boy James going, yeah, I'll trust you, Dad? Yeah. What's the difference? There ain't no difference. No so difference. we're all do, we're doing it. Yeah. But it's a, the wonderful yeah. thing is for you, Rob, and I'm, I'm really pleased for you, is that what you're going through, what you've been going through, where you're coming to that point of totally trusting God as Abraham did. That's that's your objective. Whether you're there or not, only you can say. Yeah. Um, but that will have implications for your children. Very good point. And that will put them in good stead for the future. Very good point. And uh, you should be really excited by that because you're going to be oh, really good point. you're going to be someone who's who they can depend upon, even though the enemy will try and accuse you. It's just lies, because God is doing a good work in you. Yeah, thank you. You know, yeah. and he, you know, He is doing a good work in you, and, and it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be awesome. Thank you. It's, no doubt about it. It's going to be awesome, and it's. It's interesting you say that because Katie said to me, she's my fourteen-year-old daughter. She said to me the other day, and, and you know, as parents, we sometimes have that thing of well, and I know you have, of. Uh, Oh, I haven't, I haven't brought them up right in a Christian way. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. And we, so we always parents, Christian parents, probably go through that, and we have to, again, trust God with it, don't we? As you said to me. But the other day, Katie said to me, and so I've been going through that in my head about, oh, I haven't been doing this with Katie, and I haven't been reading the Word enough, all that kind of stuff. And I hear that. I hear that. However, the other day, Katie said to me, I was at school. Well, I was walking to school the other day, Dad, and, and there's someone in my school I really don't want to work with and she said so as I'm walking to school I just said God can you sort this out for me she said from that moment she had no doubt that it was going to come to pass she got to school lo and behold the person it didn't, it didn't it, you know it come to pass the person should have been there or wasn't you know wasn't there or I don't know what happened I don't know the nuts and bolts of it but she got there, she knew it was going to be sorted, and it was absolutely sorted. Wow. Now that, at the time, I didn't really, it's only now as we're talking that that's been brought to my mind, but actually at the time I was, I was a little bit, not dismissive, but I was like, oh, well that's wonderful, Katie, you know, we didn't make a lot of it. Didn't now, understand the full implications of it. Did you have that at 14? No way. That's wonderful. You see, that is so wonderful, and this is why, this is another reason why we must not quit. We must not quit because they're watching us. Yeah. Our kids are watching us. My kids are watching me are. to see if I'm a quitter. And your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you going to quit? Are you going to conform to this world? Or are you not going to conform to this world? Yeah. And, and if it's the last thing I do on this planet, I am not going to conform <laughs> to this world. I want my mm -hmm. kids and my wife to understand that my faith is genuine and it is power yeah. and that, it, it's, that God is real and God loves us yeah. and God wants the best for us yeah. and God has yeah. a hope and a future yeah. for each one of us if only we will decide to follow his ways rather than our own ways. And as we know, we know what's happening in the world at large. And so we just, we just keep going. We keep going. We keep going. And that's Absolutely. why, that's why we need each other. That's why we're sharing these podcasts. Yeah. Because we want people to listen in to what we're going through. You know, this, we're not sitting on a cloud thinking this is easy, isn't it? Everything's a doddle. Far from it. Yeah. It's not a doddle in one sense. It can be a doddle 
yeah. when we don't conform to this world yeah. and get stuck in to renewing our mind, get st yeah. stuck in to changing our thinking and our believing. And when we do that, we start to live right. Yeah. And, we, and people will see, they will see the fruit of it. Yes. Because God won't allow it not to happen. And, you know, Andrew was sharing something this morning about, or yesterday, about um, ministries. Hang on. About ministries. All right. And um, he was saying that you must look at the fruit, the fruit of that ministry. That no ministry itself is perfect, you know, because we're all, we all have a degree of wrong understanding and we make mistakes. But just because we make mistakes doesn't mean you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. You've got to look at the fruit of a ministry. And, and I would suggest that the fruits of that ministry, in my eyes, is where you're seeing lives changed. If through that ministry, people are being healed, if through that ministry, people are being delivered from evil spirits, if people from that ministry are maturing in their walk with God, then I would suggest to you that that's fruit. And therefore, that ministry is a ministry that we should listen to and consider and, and even follow. Um, you know, it, there are lots of different ministries around us at the moment. One of the wonderful things about the internet is the, the accessibility we have to some really good quality teaching. We can have accessibility to some pretty ropey teaching as well, it has to be said. But we have access to good teaching. And, um, and therefore, we need to look at the fruit of each ministry. And if there is fruit, if there are people being healed, if there are people being delivered from evil spirits, if people are being raised from the dead, if people are maturing, in their relationship with God through a ministry, then you know that that ministry is worth listening to. It has something to say which we can learn from. Hey, Rob? Sorry, mate. <laughs> you just taken a bite of a crisp or oh, a biscuit. Sorry, it was a biscuit. I don't know, all these good things that I've put on the table at this lunchtime. <laughs> anyway. The wonderful thing is, the wonderful thing is that, um, I keep going back to this, I know, but the wonderful thing is that we have accessibility to some good teaching, which will encourage us rather than be discouraged. I have been discouraged in the last few weeks. I, I, there's no doubt about it. I, I, funny, last night, I, I seem to be more susceptible at night to this. I get the whisperings of Satan. Uh, it shouldn't happen, I, because, you know, there's, there's no reason for it. But I seem to be attentive to the lies. And I get bombarded with them. This morning, the remedy was I woke up and I went straight to the Word. And I focused on Jesus. Amen. That's good. And the outcome was I was encouraged. Yeah. So yeah. all that garbage that had been yeah. thrown at me. Yeah. Dissipated. 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 Yeah. <laughs> me and my English words sometimes. Um, yeah, that's good. And and that's always got to be where when we're going through those challenging times, when we are getting bombarded, maybe something's happened that has 
momentarily discouraged us. Then is the time when Satan will try and, and, and drive a stake into our hearts. And, um, and, and the remedy, guys, is so simple. We've got to get back to thinking about God. And the, for me, the best way is to get into his word. Yeah. It just seems to focus my mind. For me, I, ju I, I just, I'm focused on it. Right. And then I start to hear a s God speaking to me, mm. speaks into my heart, yeah. and it lifts me up. Amen. And, and this garbage, this, yeah. these lies just yeah. fall away. You know? Yeah. Because the accuser will make every, it will take every opportunity to knock us down. Yeah. He's a roaring lion. I mean, he prowls around like that. He isn't actually a roaring lion. It's as a roaring lion. As a roaring He's not lion, actually yeah. one, but he makes out to it's be It's a lie. It's a lie. Everything is a lie. He's a lie. He is a father of lies. He's a liar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows what's true about him? He doesn't know. Nothing. No. And like Andrew says, he's probably just a little thing in the corner yes. with no teeth yes. that can only gum you. You know, they can't bite you. And he's got a big mouth, 90% mouth. So he shouts loud, whispers in your mind, shouts at your mind, actually. And then I think we then run with that, Jeremy. We do. We hear that lie and we run with it. And before you know it, that lie is affecting our life. Yep. It's affecting our bodies. Our decisions. Our decisions. It's affecting our... So that's why we are so, I've, and that's the beauty about being fed up, is that once you get to that point, if it's a line, up, the build up to that fed upness is that you've seen the futility and the ability of that lie in your life, haven't you? Because mm -hmm. you're like, it's just, it's just completely wrecked my brain, over, and mashed, mashed my brain over the last week and affected all other areas of my life, literally. So it's not like I've got no evidence. <laughs> That living like that mm. is awful. I've got I've got loads of evidence. I've got evidence in my body at times. I've got evidence outside because yeah. I think sometimes about taking on new projects and then and then almost like the first thought is yeah but yeah but fed up with the yeah buts. The word says I can do all things. Fed up with the word but. But it's an excuse. Yeah. It, it's it's it leads into an excuse. For not embracing the truth. Um, it's as simple as that, really. I was going to... Let me just finish off this... Um, what are we doing? What you were talking about. Wow, we were talking about... You were reading something, weren't you? Yeah, finish. finish. So this is Romans 4. I've read 19. I shall read it again. And being not Abraham, not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not, I love the way that the King James puts it, it's just a strange expression, he mm. staggered not, you think about someone staggering, mm. you know, like they're drunk, yeah. side to side, almost about to fall over. But he staggered not at the promise no of God. No hesitation. Uh, I don't know if he thought, it doesn't say anywhere whether he was thinking doubtful stuff, I don't know if he did or he didn't. Or, or whether he overrode no, that. I, oh, you don't think he did? He, no, no, but that was, that was originally my he point. He was totally convinced. Yeah, even from the very outset. Yeah. You know, so he didn't have any room for, so no, even those thoughts, he didn't have to override even thoughts. He just went, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Well, it's easy for him, mate. I mean, he didn't have the internet. <laughs> and newspapers. Yeah, oh, and he had money as well, so it was easy for him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we, we can't go down that road, because that's, that's a dark road. <laughs> Yeah, he had it easier than we did. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think the guy did. But anyway, that's another matter. Yeah, ah, I think this is why I brought this up. Because um, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong or doubt or fear or anxiety, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, which is interesting. Mm. So he was already in his mind seeing the answer. He yes. was already seeing Isaac and yes. going, ah, oh, this is brilliant. Thank you, Father, yes. for this. Thank so, you in advance. Thank you. And not trying to muster it up, are you? you no, know, like I had someone no, say no. the other day, we're not thanking him. It was him. genuine, oh, yeah. genuine gratefulness. Because God yeah. said it. He wasn't, he wasn't mustering up faith so that it would come into being. Yeah, exactly. He was believing and just thanking him. Yeah. So, such a difference. It is such a difference, yeah. Amazing difference. And then verse 21 says this, this is why we brought it up, or I brought it up. And being fully persuaded 
that what he had promised he was able to also to perform and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. It was that fully persuaded. So he wasn't just persuaded, he was fully persuaded. Fully it, <laughs> interestingly, that, that, that word persuade is linked, it's the same root word that is translated in the New Testament as faith. Persuasion is the same root word as faith. Okay. Interesting, oh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, very interesting. So what does that mean? Well, that means that there is an element of, pers- we have to persuade ourselves, I guess, I don't know, I don't, I don't fully understand that. But that's how I read that when I first, that's what I thought when I first read that. Ah, so I need to persuade, I need to be persuaded. Mm. Fully persuaded that, that what he had promised, what God had promised, of course, concerning Isaac, he was able also to perform. Get us out of the way, it's that whole, the D word again, but, isn't it? And you think about that. I mean, this is a guy who was 100 years old, who had a wife who was, who was 90. There was just... No way in the natural that they were going to have a child of their own. I mean, that's why they came up with their own solution. You see, this is the other thing that interests me. Yeah. We touched, we've touched on this before. There's an example of God promising them. Yeah? It took ages. 25 years. <laughs> to come into effect, which is a bit disheartening. But what did they do? They came up with their own solution. And I'm convinced that that solution delayed the promise. Yeah. It's got to. Yeah. Because, because they, they, were, they were clearly not persuaded at that point. Yeah, true. Otherwise they wouldn't have come Very up with point. their own way of doing it. Now I know, I know it was, I know it was um, the wife's fault, <laughs> as it often is. <laughs> like Eve, <laughs> like Eve in the garden, same thing. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, she was the one, wasn't she, that said, you know, yeah. tell you what. Go and see the Hagar, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, it was, you know, the women's idea again. I'm going to be careful about how far you go down that road. Especially, well, especially right uh? Especially right now with with women women's rights and, you know, we're having to be, and, and, and rightly so, you know. Well, and the, but the men listen to them. Yeah, we can't blame the women because the men didn't do them. Yes, that's true. They? <laughs> and acted on it. He went and snuck the car. <laughs> that's pretty convinced, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he probably thought, oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> great. I've always wanted to do this. I've now got permission. That's just, I mean, that's just bizarre, isn't it? It really is bizarre. But at the time, it must. And again, it's the enemy. The enemy talking through. Yeah. But look at the problems that came out of it. Am I um, right in saying that Ishmael and Isaac in the New Testament, in Galatians, I think, is Paul says they're a type uh, and shadow of the Old and New Testament? Yes. Right, okay. Isaac, is the, Isaac was the one that came through the promise of God. Yes. Whereas Ishmael was man's Exactly. Right. And that's what the Old Testament was. It's yes. man striving the whole time, yes. independent of God, and, to bring and, something about. And that's exactly what happened, isn't it? It was, it was um, Sarah's idea that um, Abraham embraced. Hook, line and sinker. But she must have been persuaded as well. What, to go down that route? No, no, I'm, I mean for Isaac. Oh yeah, she was persuaded, but she wasn't fully persuaded, was maybe, she? Maybe not. Well, otherwise she wouldn't have come up with their own... No, at that stage, certainly. At, at that stage, they weren't fully persuaded. They were, you know... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't fully understand what, what happened there. Because the fact that they chose a different course of action suggests that they weren't fully persuaded. So whether, dare I suggest this, whether Abraham was just weak, and although he was persuaded that God was going to keep his promise, because Sarah came up with her own solution, Good point. That he then went along with it. Yeah, he might still be thinking, oh, well, Ishmael's the answer. You know, there's no, there's no reason. I mean, I suppose when you analyse, because I think all that God had said to him at that point was, you'll have a son. True. Now, had he said, yeah, and it will be through Sarah, I don't, I don't, and, and it will be, yeah, it will, it will come through Sarah, because you're both barren, he obviously thought, oh, no, well, this is the solution. Well, I, I don't know about that. I, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that he actually went along with Sarah's plan. Mm. I... Because if, if 
Well, we know God's word is truth. And, and what you've read says that Abraham was fully persuaded. Mm. If he was fully persuaded, there was no way he was going to go down the Ishmael route. So the only reason he went down the Ishmael route was because Sarah wasn't fully persuaded. Mm. In fact, we know she wasn't fully persuaded to start with because she laughed when the angel first put up the suggestion. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking it like that. I may, I may be wrong. But what I wanted to bring out of that was that we make wrong decisions, but it doesn't mean that that promise never comes yeah. into effect. Very good. Very good. So he brings us back on the right path. Those yeah. who are committed to him. Yeah. I mean, we make mistakes yeah. wrong. We make wrong decisions. Yeah. We make wrong decisions because we're, we're weak in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean that God says, well, I promise you this. That cancels that out. No. If he promised us something, he keeps to his word despite yeah. what we choose to do. Yeah. And the point. And that's, that's, I think that's, that's certainly my experience in the time that I've been a Christian because I've made wrong decisions along the way and I've made some good decisions as well. Mm. Um, and well, I've made some wrong decisions and I've experienced the consequences of that. Mm. And it hasn't been easy. Mm. Yeah, we, we finished. It hasn't been easy dealing with my wrong decisions. No. God doesn't take us out of the, um, the ramifications of the wrong decisions. Well, sometimes he does. I, I suppose he does sometimes. He brings out good in them. Yes. But you see... Yes, he doesn't suddenly lift you up yeah, out of that circumstance. We are responsible for the decisions that we make. Well, you know, mm. if you decide to go and sleep with somebody else yeah, yeah. and a baby comes from yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it doesn't disappear. No, no, that's true. <laughs> it remains a problem. And, and, you've, got to be, and you've got to be responsible. Yeah, that's very you've true. You've got to be responsible yeah, for it. Yeah, that is true. But God, will, mm. God won't remind you of the mistake that you've made for a start off. Yeah. The mistake might remind you, but yeah. he won't remind yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And he will... He will sort it for you he will make it easier because my oak you say is, is easy give, give, give yeah. me your burdens yeah. let me carry your burdens let me carry your wrong decisions for you yeah amen um, because my thoughts towards you are of peace not of evil to give you hope in the future not to make sure that you suffer the consequences of the bad, bad decision that you made because I want to teach you something in it you know yeah. I mean he does teach us something but not in that way. It's not his motive. His, his motive towards us is always of peace and love. And love, yeah. We've, that's more or less come to the end of, gosh, that's nearly an hour. Doesn't it go by? I tell you, talking about God, there is nothing like it, is there? It, it's like water, isn't it? And on a hot day. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, like, it's like being in a shower and just standing there and letting that hot water just soak into us yeah. it's, it's yeah. that's how wonderful it is yeah and that's why we do these podcasts because yeah. we've enjoyed yeah we enjoy talking yeah. Yeah. sharing with each yeah. other yeah and encouraging each other and the holy spirit was very clear he said i want you to record these conversations because there's people out there I, that i want to hear what you're sharing yeah. and it will benefit them yeah. And I, if it's only one person, Rob, that's fine with me. Yeah, me too. It's worth every just like that that lady last Tuesday, you know. Yeah. What happened there was a wonderful thing. Yeah. And she was blessed. Yeah. Because she met you and Bill. Yeah. Yeah. And she wouldn't have met you and Bill unless you decided to s stop listening to what your what you didn't want to do. Yeah. Just be obedient yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah. And true. he used you. Yeah. Despite what you felt like. Absolutely. And Bill, in his first experience in the parks, was blessed beyond imagination. It would never be the same again. 
Okay, well, thanks for listening to that, guys, and we'll look forward to sharing something in our next podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>